Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, June 26, 2022. This service was recorded on June 19th, the second Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecture is Carol Hagen. Thank you to Chris and Kelly Heron for sponsoring this week's broadcast. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this second Sunday after Pentecost. A couple of things I want to share before we begin. Evelyn Stimson died on Friday, and her funeral will be here at Wayne Zion on Thursday at 11 o'clock. That's Evelyn Stimson. She died on Friday, and her service will be here at 11 o'clock on Thursday with a visitation an hour ahead of time. And I believe the visitation at Gotcha's funeral home in Monticello will be from, on Wednesday, from 4 to 7. The other thing I want to share with you is keep Judy Tukin in your prayers. We're going to add her to our prayers this morning. She had hip surgery last week and has had some complications with a pinched nerve. And so she's rehabbing at the Monticello Nursing Home. Please keep Judy Tukin in your prayers. Having said that, I invite the congregation to please rise for confession of forgiveness. You'll find this on page 94 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray together our prayers. It's printed in our bulletin insert for this second Sunday after Pentecost. O Lord God, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing world. In your mercy, set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Carol, I invite you forward. Let us receive God's word. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 65, verses 1 through 9. I was ready to be sought out by those who did not ask, to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am. To a nation that did not call on my name, I held out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. 
who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and offering incense on bricks, who sit inside tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh with broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day long. See, it is written before me. I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their laps their iniquities and their ancestors' iniquities together, says the Lord. Because they offered incense on the mountains and reviled me on the hills, I will measure into their laps full payment for their actions, thus says the Lord. As the wine is found in the cluster, and they say, Do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake, and not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, inheritors of my mountains. My chosen shall inherit it, and my servants shall settle there. The word of the Lord. Please read the psalm responsively. But you, O Lord, be not far away. O my help, hasten to my aid. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of wild bulls. You have rescued me. You who fear the Lord, give praise, all you of Jacob's line. Give glory. Stand in awe of the Lord, all of you offspring of Israel. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the sight of those who fear the Lord. The Lord shall be to be satisfied. Let those who seek the Lord give grace. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of nations shall bow before God. The second reading is from Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to the disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Our service continues on page 188 with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise.
Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated as we read today's Gospel. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite of Galilee. And as he stepped onto the land, a man of the city who had demons met him for a long time. He had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tomb. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bounded with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and would be driven by the demons into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now on the hillside there was a large herd of swine was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake. And was drowned. When the swineherd saw that had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then the people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found that the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and he returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, welcome to this time after Pentecost. It is a long season in the church. The paraments have now been changed to green, which is kind of indication of a growing season within the church. We will spend the next 23 weeks talking about Jesus coming into our lives and what Jesus is doing, what God is up to in ancient Israel and what God is up to in our lives today. It is... A long season of the church. It's a season that we now see the crops that the farmers have put in the field now coming up. The 4th of July is nearly here. They say the corn is knee-high by the 4th of July. Not true in Iowa, maybe Minnesota, northern. It's wild and on fire. But it's interesting as we take a look at today's text. And I want to start with the Old Testament text, which is from the prophet Isaiah. And I'm just going to say, can you hear me? Because sometimes I drop my voice. 
And so, you're, Cole, you're just going to have to, if I do that, you're just going to have to raise me up. Isaiah has received a message from God. And I think it's interesting how it starts out. God says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to be sought. I'm not going to force myself upon you. But I'm here. I'm ready to care for you, to have a relationship with you. But the ancient people weren't interested in a relationship with God. And so God shares and reveals our mockery as humans. We think that we can hide from God, but we are mistaken. God is omnipresent, omniomnipotent. God is everywhere. God is in our breath. God is in who we are in our soul through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have Christ within us. God is creating all the time. And God is forgiving and God is loving. We walk in a way that's not good. We follow our own devices. We're wise in our own eyes. You know, it's good when you have your two and your three and your four-year-old when they learn that magical word, no. And I know I'm going to learn this as a grandpa. I'm so excited. But we're going to try to find something other than no, right? We tell those kids no. Yeah, right. It won't work. Pastor, you're going to say no too. No, no, don't touch. We need to set boundaries, right? Because we're not wise in our own eyes. Kids need parents who are engaging. And the question is asked, why do we offer sacrifices to a God we don't know? That's what is, we're finding here in this Isaiah text. Why are you offering up incense? Why are you not following the law that I gave to Moses? Why are you eating unclean things? Why are you doing this? And why are you getting drunk on the wine? God of creation wants to be known and notice how Isaiah begins in 65.1. I was ready to be sought, to be found, and here I am, says the Lord. You know, we're a lot like the people of old, wanting a convenient God. How many of us want a convenient God? When I need you, God, I'm on the phone. But when I don't need you, the phone's on the hook. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think of besides going to the bathroom? (laughs) I challenge you. I challenge me. What's the first thought that comes to mind? You know, we said a prayer when we were little. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We should have taught the kids the prayer when we wake up. Lord, thank you for guarding me through the night and bringing me to see the day's light. Do we think about God in the morning? After we use the restroom? I challenge you. I might ask you next week when you come back to church. Did you think of God early in the morning? Sometimes we do. We grab that cup of coffee and we sit in that easy chair. We look out and we see the sun coming up and we're thinking, today is a new day created by God. God's always creating. 
I have to share that we have a God that is neither convenient nor subject to our desires or our plans. Our ways are wicked in the presence of sin that clings to us. As we came to this new season in the church here, we started with confession and forgiveness. I stood there with you, together facing the altar and the cross, asking for forgiveness and receiving it. Daily we have to ask for forgiveness. Daily God gives freely that gift of forgiveness. What's interesting to me in the studies of the scripture is how demons recognize God in Jesus. Do you notice that when the man came to Jesus, because he's living in the caves facing the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has just gotten off the boat with his disciples and this is the first person that greets him from Gerasian. Is the man who doesn't have a stitch of clothes on and is acting wildly and oftentimes they chain him but they can't keep him in chains and he's running around and people are afraid of him. Who is the first person that greets Jesus in this country but this man who's possessed and Jesus begins having a conversation not with the man but with the demons. I debated if I was going to share this or not. But I believe that we all, and, and you'll probably, and it's going to be on the airway, and you might tar and feather me, but we all have our demons, don't we? And I'll name mine. Anxiety. My demon is anxiety. And I need to trust a little bit more. I need to let go of that that spins within me that doesn't give me peace, those things that drive me away from God's love. We all have those demons. But isn't it interesting that Jesus is talking directly with Legion? And what is it that Legion is asking for? Don't send us back to the abyss. Well, they kind of did go back to the abyss, but they went a different way, right? Oh, Jesus can accommodate. You want to go in the swine? Great. And the swine died. And what do the people? Because legion is gone, and the man has clothes on, and the man is acting perfectly fine, and the people are afraid of Jesus. I say this to you. I say this to me. Give that demon to Jesus. And he will set you free. Take a note at today's gospel message in Luke. Let's take a look at Galatians. So Carol read about, and I, and I love this. Um, it's funny how when I hear these things or we read them, something comes to life. Uh, verse 26, Galatians 3. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So before faith, before faith, the people of God had the what? They had the commandments, right? They had the law. And were they able to follow the law? Not very well. Remember the first three commandments were centered upon our relationship with God, right? And then 
the next seven commandments were focused on who? Us. In our relationship with one another. And we still couldn't. Remember the stories? Um, the lawyer said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And, uh, well, what's, and Jesus throws the question back. What do, you, what do you read in the Torah? What do, you, what do you read in the law that has been given to you? Well, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Wanting to justify himself because they're a lawyer. Well, who's my neighbor? And we know that story. And Jesus begins to talk about the man who was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem. He fell in the hands of robbers, was stripped, and left for dead. And here comes a Samaritan, a heathen. Not even God's chosen people. Not even the lineage of Abraham. And helps him. Jesus is telling this story. And then asks... Who is the neighbor of the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, do likewise. And you will, re you will receive the gift of eternal life. Before faith, we were imprisoned. We were shackled. In Christ, we are all children of God through faith. We are inheritors. No longer Greek or Jew. Through Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we are all made children of God. And that's the good news. That there's nothing that we do. When we're baptized, it's not us. It's what God is doing. When we rise to a new life, it's not us. It's what God's doing. We have the promise of the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting and the gift of eternal life and the presence of the glorious presence of God and all the saints who have gone before us. It's the promise that Dean Edwards knew. It was a promise that Dorothea Wheeling knew. It's the promise that Evelyn Stempson knows and has received. Nothing that we do, but what God is doing in our lives. And so going all the way back to Genesis 12, we become heirs with Abraham's promise. You remember what that promise was? I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. And you're going to be a blessing to all nations. We are a blessing. We are a part of that obedience in Abraham. And in Psalm 22, God delivers us from sin and death. In Psalm 22, when I read this in the cistern, in, outside of Jerusalem supposedly where Jesus was kept after he was flogged, after he was beaten and had an unfair mockery of a trial. We don't, well, before that, before all of that took place, he spent the night, we don't know, in Caiaphas's house we gather in a cistern. We went down into this place and read Psalm 22. And it really gave to light what Christ was about to face. In the mockery of the trial, the beating, and on the cross. And God sent his own son into the world. But I need to tell you this, because we just came off of um, uh, Holy Trinity Sunday. God in the flesh, Jesus, 
took on all the sins of the world for us and bore them on the cross and died. And where did God, where did God go in Christ's dead body? But where did it go? To, and you can say it, I'm going to let you say it. Went to hell, right? What on earth is God doing there? That's the scandalous question for all of those who died before Christ to free them. And he rose again and he ascended in heaven. Your gift. We are wicked people because we have sin that clings to us. But God still loves us and frees us from that sin and says, I love you. I forgive you. And I'm dying. I died for you so that we can have this gift of eternal life. And I look forward to that glorious day when we come into the presence and we see Dean, and we see Dorothea, and we see Evelyn, and we see Floyd. And there we are in your loved one, in the glorious presence of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our service continues with the affirmation of our faith as you find it in the Apostles' Creed. I'll invite the congregation to please rise. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. United in Christ and guided by Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the creation, and all in need. Holy God, you hear the cries of those who seek you. Equip your church to reveal the continuous call of your outstretched hands and your promises of a home in you, God of grace. You, open, you hear the cries of the earth. Restore places where land, air, and waterways have been harmed. Guide us to develop and implement sources for energy and food production that align with your creation, God of grace. You hear the cries of those who are marginalized or outcast. On this Juneteenth obs obs observation, guide us continually toward the end of oppression in all of its forms and bring true freedom and human flourishing to all your beloved children. God of grace. You hear the cries of those who suffer. Come to the aid of all who are homeless, naked, hungry, and sick. We especially lift up those who seek your healing this day, Kalinda and Chase, Gwen, and for a home, Shannon and Nick and Sophia, for Sharon and Sandy and Judy Tukin and others that we name in our hearts. Bring peace to any experiencing mental illness, that they can clearly recognize your loving presence. God of grace. Hear our prayer. 
You hear the cries of those who celebrate and those who grieve on this Father's Day. Nurture mutual love and tender care in all relationships. Comfort those for whom this day brings sadness or longing. God of grace, we give you thanks for the faithful departed whose lives proclaimed all that you have done for them, especially Dorothea Wheeling, Dean Edwards, and Evelyn Luella Stempson. And at the last, unite us with them as we make our home in you. God of grace, God of every time and place, in Jesus' name, and filled with your Holy Spirit, we entrust these spoken prayers and unspoken prayers and those who are in our hearts into your holy keeping. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us stand and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Peace. Love your neighbor. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734. All rights reserved.